it's July 1st, 2015. This is Idle Thumbs 217. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Danielle Riendo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Nick Brecken. God, I almost said I'm Jake Brecken. I don't know, <laughs> oh what, I don't know what's going <laughs> Did on. Did you guys get married? No, I was just looking at Nick. Yeah, yes. yeah. Not, Yay. Yeah. Well, it's possible. Well, they, did, it was a long they time. didn't change their names, <laughs> and that was like, oh, it was yeah, almost that was really, That's what was uh, weird about yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Really awkward. I understand. Yeah. We had to talk about it. We had to talk. Yeah, and okay. I put my foot down. <laughs> that I would not Basically. be named Jake Brecken <laughs> yeah, under right. any circumstance. <laughs> I'm reserving. I refused. You know, I don't really think you're worthy. You're, you're always looking for the next uh, <laughs> ex. Mr. Right. Brecken. Mr. Brecken. <laughs> <laughs> the next ex, Mr. Brecken? Yeah. Yeah. God, I was just in this coffee shop, and there was this kid, and he was playing. So he was watching the uh, Women's World Cup semifinal with the U.S., um, Germany. Yep. And this is like a six- or seven-year-old kid. And he had a laptop in front of him, and I couldn't see what was on the laptop screen yet, so I was, like, ordering my coffee. And I walked back behind him. So the game was on the the. It was like a corner television or something. Yeah, and he's he's the kid of the owner. And so I, like, walk around the side of him, and he's watching, uh, like, Minecraft YouTube videos. Of course. And I sat there for about an hour, and he was just, like, so, like, without sound, just so engrossed. But the reason I'm telling you the story is that, like, at the end of that, I glance over, like, after the World Cup is over, and he's like, yeah, we won and everything. I look over, and he's switched to just, like, a Jurassic Park supercut or something. (laughs) And it was the first time he'd ever seen any of this stuff, but it was just, like... All th- like the first three movies and all of the just like coolest moments, and so it was like all the dinosaur fights. But then there was just the Goldblum like goofy moments. Like it was the only <laughs> thing that they showed. And he was like in the middle of it. He was like, "Mom, mom, come look!" And he like pointed at the screen. He was like, "Dinosaurs!" And then there's just Jeff Goldblum doing the stupid laugh. <laughs> and his mom's like, "Oh, that's cool!" And she just walked away. I was like, "What a weird way to experience that for the first time." It's just like oh, the coolest moments from Jurassic Park. Anyway, whatever. I mean, they are those are the cool. <laughs> parts i guess True. Yeah. I, I rewatched that movie like a few days ago actually oh weird yeah just because yeah. i hadn't seen it in year, years yeah. i suppose i guess the last time i saw it was when we saw it in theaters when it came out in 3d oh yeah oh yeah i was i've been playing the lego jurassic park game oh really i don't know if anybody talked How's about that? that yet no. i'll just no. briefly mention that uh it's pretty good i <laughs> what i'm giving it the pretty good seal how many jurassic <laughs> parks does it cover it covers all of them and it begins rightfully with the first um, good. good. Well, which yeah. I really appreciate. Well, it's called Jurassic World. Right, okay. Yeah. The way that they do it is actually kind of clever. It's called Lego Jurassic World? Yeah, and and so they, you get through the first level, which is like, uh, it's strange. You're, you play as Muldoon, and you like Excellent. have to like push, oh, a crazy. push a crate and like do weird things. They The big site at the beginning of Jurassic Park oh. is a level. It makes no sense. Like, are there dinosaurs in it? It's super weird. Yeah, there are dinosaurs, but in like, the big, they're also the big site. Are they skeletal? Yeah, they're skeletons. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> are you kidding? What? You don't like fight them, but there are dinosaur I'm just skeletons. Shit up. That you, is like, this real? You build dinosaur skeletons and then like break Do they them. Animate like, and then they are like weird. skeletons that walk around. Well, the, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, Whoa. it's really strange. <laughs> Mr. DNA is the tutorial guy. It's hilarious. Oh, but it's a Lego Mr. DNA. Surely, that's a good call. Yes, yes, he better be. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah there are a lot of good calls they but yeah no so it starts with that and then they um once you get to the uh the island uh there's just like basically like you know as the film you exit left to jurassic park or if you turn right it just takes you to jurassic world so if you're just like the kid who just wants to play like the license game of the movie he just saw you can just like skip to that but otherwise you go left 
you know, so in the spatially, of- I was just really happy that spatially it was the correct position <laughs> to head. You jump in the Jeep and you go see the brontosaurus. And- Wait, so in the fiction oh, and the of other the- thing, this is awesome. In a fiction of this game, they built both parks at the same time on the same island? Basically. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a time It warp. makes no sense. But, but. Two things I'm really happy about. One, they did use the film music, which I think on the podcast I predicted that they wouldn't. They fully use all of the film score. And weirdly, this is a strange choice. They're taking lines from the film and using them to come out of the Lego people's mouths. So, like, most of the of the, of the weird, game... That's usually the, the Lego game <clears throat> characters just smirk and are silent. Usually just going, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it just, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> do they do that? Why isn't the, why isn't the entire they game do. just Goldblum vocalization? Yeah. A lot of it is, and but a lot of it's just, like, they'll, they'll, like, they just took the line of him, like, laughing and then did a lot of, like, absurd cartoon Lego animation on top of it. So it actually works pretty well. It's really good. I have to say something about the Goldblum noises in the original Jurassic Park, which is that, you know how in general when people quote a line from a movie because it's funny, like it gets quoted so much that it becomes a bigger version of what it was and people exaggerate all things. That is the only example I can think of (laughs) where you go back and watch the movie and it is more outrageous than anyone's impersonation of it. He starts like snarling and stuff. (laughs) And it goes on for so much longer than you think it will in your memory. Even when the camera cuts away from him, he's still just sort of in the background. (laughs) It's it's crazy. And it just cuts to other characters and they just kind of look like (laughs) 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 back to him and he's still doing it. It's an amazing weird scene. I watched really an interview moment. with him uh, in the last few days and it was like a uh, like a Twitter Q&A like they were just like pulling questions off the internet and then they're just throwing them to Jeff. And like the first question was about Jurassic Park. I can't remember what the question was, but it was just something goofy like what's your favorite Jurassic Park? And he just began by doing that laugh but not intentionally mimicking the laugh. It was just a completely different version of it where he was just like <laughs> and it was just and then he just said, well, anyway. And I was like, oh, my God. That's just his natural, like, guffaw. Like, that's just what he does. Right? It's bizarre. Anyway. Oh, it's beautiful. Maybe there's, a, there's just a piece of Ian Malcolm that never left Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, so, it's about that, the game that you were playing. Yeah. What do you do in that game? Well, what do you do? Do you fight dinosaurs? What is the game? Sometimes. Sometimes you ride dinosaurs. Uh-huh. Sometimes you... So, it's like a variety um, show game. Yeah. I mean, it's like the all Lego the Lego games. are always kind of that, though, right? Yeah. I mean, they're just... Well, no, I just haven't played one, so I'm not... Right, right, right. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. So, I mean, sometimes you play as a dinosaur. Sometimes, I mean, it's just kind of okay. like whatever so just the a bunch scene of set fits. It's a 3D action yeah. game with a whole bunch of different yeah, stuff. The Lego yeah. games are actually kind of cool because... Their adherence to the license is only as strong as, like, if you were playing with the Lego kit of it and kind of knew the story, I feel like. I mean, yep. some yeah, of the right, Star Wars okay. games, I feel like they get more serious. But, like, it's it's like the good side of, like, yep. of like Super Nintendo licensed platformers mm-hmm. are terrible and they make all these arbitrary decisions. And if that's, like, the bad side of the coin, you flip it mm-hmm. over in the Jurassic Park game or the Lego games are kind of the good side of that where it's just, yeah. we'll do whatever to just make... Funds. It's just using the universe as building blocks. As building blocks to make a sort of just goofy action adventure platformer. No, it's really cool. Like they have like the you know Jurassic Park as like an open world kind of, not really, but the way it's structured. Yeah, yeah, the way it's structured is like you get in uh, the jeep at the beginning of the game, and the first stop is like the brontosaurus. Like, oh, you you, son of a bitch, you did it! And then like (laughs) you go on, and then you hit like a level node, and you kind of play out like the first level. But as you progress, like, it's as if you're on, like, a tour of the island. So, like, it just kind of, like, you know, you just have, like, little sideshow If you go to Jurassic Park, do you eventually end up in Jurassic World? Also, do you go to Site B? (laughs) 
<laughs> there is like an entirely different site B, uh, like map. Uh, so oh, they're so actually me. that's the site of the Lost World because oh. all like the three movies that's take the place backup the same... island for like R and D or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> dinosaur housing. Is there San Diego in this game? I think so. I haven't, there I haven't, played, be. I haven't played far. There better enough. be an open so. world yeah. San Diego that you can ride around in the Jurassic Park Jeep. Yeah, as a dinosaur. Yeah, as a dinosaur. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just there like are, there off-road are... Velociraptor or whatever that was. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> Back of goofy in the stuff. Early days. When yeah. you go left or right at the beginning, does a guy either say "Welcome to Jurassic Park" or "Welcome to Jurassic World"? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I didn't actually go to Jurassic World yet. Okay, because I was remaining spoiler-free for the film that I probably won't ever watch. <laughs> but anyway, you don't need to worry about that too much. Uh, I feel. Yeah. I feel. Um, you've got to watch Jurassic World. You have to. Oh, I, I have to talk to you about Jurassic World and no one else. All right. Anyway. <laughs> That's a movie that came out. Yeah, it's true. <sighs> so games, games. We talked about a game. We talked about Lego Jurassic World. <laughs> I I, I think this. I I like the Lego game. I just played Lego not this year, but last year I played Lego The Hobbit and thought it was way better than the Hobbit movies. Yeah, it was I heard the case. Well, Lego, yes, yes, Lego most things are better than the actual things. I'm sure Lego Jurassic World is better than Jurassic World. Probably. Lego Star Wars Original Trilogy, clearly better, like actually good. <laughs> um, like it's just, there's no question about some of this stuff. Yes. So Lego Hobbit, not a surprise. Well, Lego Indiana yeah. Jones is the one where it's... Mm, I, can't tell if you, I can't tell if you were just being a weird troll or if you were referring to the prequels. Yeah. And I, you said the wrong I thing. Had that. Oh. <laughs> did I say original series? <laughs> you said original you did. trilogy. I oh. thought you were just being very... But, but original oh, no. trilogy could refer to the prequels. <laughs> no, I, was, I meant the prequels and was not trying to be a flippant troll. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that we cleared that up. It's probably better than Return of the Jedi. <laughs> True. No no argument are there. Are there Indiana Jones Lego games? There are, and that's yeah. what Danielle said. That's, like, that's the that's truth. The that's one where, that's, one that's the one where I'm like, yeah, that one actually is kind of pretty... Half and half, like you could go either way, because you know certainly. Well, we'll talk about this at some other point in the future, I'm sure. But Temple of Doom kind of lowered the denominator mm. there. So. Man, there are some people who are huge Temple of Doom I fans. So I, 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 I used to be one of them, but I don't really care anymore. Nobody care. Um, so yeah, Lego Jurassic World, totally sweet video game. Probably more of a video game than the video game we're about to discuss. <gasps> oh yeah, because we're talking about her story. Her story. So you're yeah, about a woman, about so hardly a real video. Yeah, game. can't be. She's a fake gamer girl. <laughs> is that <laughs> that's the story of a fake in a gamer fake girl? Game. I meant that it's a game where that you do nothing and it has no point. So I don't even. Mm. So like Steam Tag, not game. So I don't know anything about this game. So you guys oh, are gonna have to. Oh, like, step one. Yeah, it's good. Well, okay, I thought it was step really one. Good. Is good. So, no, yeah. Yes. Okay, sorry. Right. Well, let's actually talk about what it is now that I'm, I was a butthole. I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so her story is. A it's an FMV game, which is already oh interesting yeah. Which, did you not even know that? I, it's also I know okay, nothing okay. It's an FMV game, but it's story. also a desktop simulator. Yes, which is a oh, notable wow. genre of <laughs> game, <laughs> okay. of old game. So the th- one of the things that is so great about this game is how little explanation is front loaded. Mm. You start the game and it's just a desktop, like a Windows ninety five era, you know, computer desktop. Crazy. And um and there's a README file that you can click on if you want to. I mean, you should to figure out what's going on. And it basically says, you know, this is a this is a police terminal. You know, you can type search terms in, and you'll get uh, video clips. And essentially, what it, what is going on is there is a crime that was committed, and in the nineties, in, in, in the early nineties, like, yeah, nineteen ninety four or something. <clears throat> and on this computer is a database of 
probably hundreds, I'm guessing. 273. Uh, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so um, the database or the computer was was mothballed and then pulled out for, right. by you, uh, who is now looking through this cold case. Uh, right, to read through, or I'm sorry, to watch these, like, cut-up, isolated interview clips. Mm. And so the original, like, n- numerous, you know, long interviews were all cut up and then tagged by topic and you search for and these transcript topics phrase. and transcript phrase. So you search for these phrases and you find little <laughs> clips of the interview. And the more of these little clips you see, the more ideas you have of things to search for, which will then allow you to find right. additional ones. And you can theoretically like watch any of the clips in any order, just depending on what you search yeah. for. And which is the thing that is so great about it is it's basically an unguided experience as you just search for these clips and the, the knowledge of what goes on is just building in your brain based on your you having seen more and more and more of this material. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's no master list and you don't see the questions the detective asked because um, it's the, the, which the, makes it unrealistic. Yeah, as the, yeah, yeah. 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 The, 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 but as a game, it's the, really cool. the fictional claim is that all of these things were divided up into clips, presumably because it was the early 90s and you can't fit huge video clips. But then something got corrupted in the database. So you've lost a little bit of her content and all of the investigator stuff because like mm. whatever master data table it was is gone. So it's totally a cheesy conceit in that way, but also whatever. It totally yeah, it, it totally works when you're in the moment. It just feels And and honestly the stuff <laughs> that worked for me least was the stuff that was closest to a more traditional video game thing, which is some of the framing that they put on the game, mm. you know, around it. Like there ends up the game ends up kind of ending. I was going to ask sort of that, and like yeah. this is a game where we really cannot talk about spoilers because yeah. this game is nothing like literally all is it all is spoilers. is you finding things out <laughs> so I don't want to talk about individual like plot elements or theories but I was kind of bummed out that the game didn't just end at being a database and that is it oh man I don't know anything about that because I've <laughs> only played like the first 30 or 40 minutes of this so all I'm just now like I mean at the beginning you just uh, you know pick around and just sort of see what's going on and I've finally started to like I just got to like starting to pursue a couple threads and getting getting my yeah like hooks into it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how it ends. Yeah, but it ends like a video game. No, I... not really. I mean, not it's, it's there there's... is a an ending. Okay, yeah. whatever. There's just more layered on but... top than I would have liked at the end. Personally. Yeah, like it it runs into a problem that a lot of video games have in general, um, and also a lot of like mystery stories in any medium have. And then when you combine those two becomes an even bigger problem, which is that the ending for me just kind of fizzles. Okay. Like you spend all this time getting engrossed into this thing and then putting things together. And then at the end, it's just kind of like, and anyway, but that said, it seems like this is an absolute recommend to play this game. It totally oh, yes. is. Yes. It is completely engrossing. I put Sarah and I played this together and I was typing stuff in and she was taking notes on a <laughs> pad with just pen and paper. It is a pen and paper note taking. Yeah. And so like she would write down just key words that seemed like they might be important. And we just had a running list that we would search for and, and um, we would both just like toss out ideas of things to search for uh, and like talk about theories as they, as they became possible to form. Um, It's, it's really, really cool. It's a really, really smart concept and I can't even imagine. So it was written and designed by this guy, Sam Barlow, who worked on Silent Hill Shattered Memory, Shattered Memories. He was the writer on that. And I would love to see his like working documents of this game because it must've been crazy. There's all the scripts because they're, you know, there are interviews from several different days. Um, and it's, you know, it's one actress who is repeatedly interviewed and, and uh, 
so there there's a very high quantity of video content but because you can find them in this non-linear way like he had to really carefully design like what are the clips that are most mm. likely to turn up first if you search for the most obvious search right. terms and then don't spoil too much in those because you need to allow right, the player to any word any word that she says that shows up in a subtitle you can search for you can search for full strings there's all sorts of, and then you Names, can hmm. you can flag thing, and bookmark yeah. clips mm-hmm. um the thing that is just is the most intriguing to me, to me about this game maybe not the most intriguing but I, as a person who's not yet fully into the mystery of the game is just the desktop simulator element of it not literally like <laughs> clicking on icons and stuff but the the, <clears throat> the the game where you are at a computer playing a person at a different specific fictional computer (laughs) is a genre that seems like it was like early DOS games and especially a lot of early Macintosh games because the only way you could really easily make a Macintosh thing was just using the the GUI widgets that came with the OS um, as well as like uh, the the first couple a couple introversion games Uplink and Mm -hmm. uh, wow Defcon and Defcon like they have there's such a specific cool feeling that comes from those games and this one being like a historical fiction almost mm-hmm. forensics thing yeah. oh man it's so good yeah. yeah like yeah i posted on twitter which is a dumb thing which is just i wish immediately that i could just bust out like a 15 inch crt and just run the game right. on that <laughs> in- instead then you could turn off the uh the filtering the, yeah because it, it, it like has the game has like crt scanline oh, yeah. f- filtering and like you see the reflections of some like really shitty fluorescent light bulbs that are presumably behind you in the police department that you're yeah. in, but and just it distorts like, the screen to create the impression of a curve. Of a curve, surface. and like I would usually be kind of like I'm not always into that because there's good and bad executions of it, but doing that on this desktop, it just it oh, it's so good. It just mm-hmm. it's, it works really yep. well. And then just the video looks like they shot it on a period camcorder, yeah, or they, they ran it, job. or they ran yeah. it through mm-hmm. a VCR on EP a couple times. Like it just feels like you're looking at <clears throat> archived footage that someone then put on a CD-ROM and then copied it to a hard drive. Like it just like mm-hmm. the authentic feel of it is just really strong, and the actress does a very good job. Yeah, I was gonna say that that's kind of it would make or break this game, especially considering what yeah. it is and sort of what's going on yep. with it. No spoilers whatsoever. I'm just saying, like, it really would have absolutely broken into the game if she were not fantastic and, like, so committed to the role and able to kind of evoke everything that she needs to evoke in this game. Yep. So she mm-hmm. deserves major credit. I, I don't know her name. I know it's Vera or Viva, I think, is her first name. I'll You know what? I'll look it up while we keep talking. I've Let's heard see. people compare this actually to... Sherlock Holmes consulting detective that board game that we talked mm-hmm. about and I don't think that's inaccurate actually. Yeah, it's I mean the thing that's great about both of those is that most of the piecing together is in your own head. Right, yeah, like Sherlock Holmes is is the consulting detective is that board game where just you're just given a bunch of clues and a premise and that's it. All the you just have to dive through newspapers and interrogate people by reading mm-hmm. but the the interrogating people in Sherlock Holmes where you jump around in a book to read interview questions feels the most like like this where you follow up possible lead but i guess this game doesn't score you on the next computer over sherlock holmes has, <laughs> has solved her story in five searches uh her name is viva seafart seafart i just called her seafart i feel really bad about that seafart <laughs> viva seafart and she's awesome and deserves a lot of kudos mm-hmm. along with you know sam barlow for writing and designing something special i have to say i so i played this my girlfriend played it first and then told me this is my favorite game of the year so far. I think this is incredible what it does with nonlinear story. You need to play it. And I was like, okay, I need to play it. Yeah. And I started playing this as if I were another sort of detective and like really kind of drilled down on like 
questions about evidence or questions about, you know, very, very specific things. And as I sort of went through the through the story and through the game, I, I sort of figured out that, like, that doesn't always yield the best results. You actually need to kind of go on gut instinct a little bit, which which sort of makes perfect of sense. Yeah, because a yeah. lot because you once you have a new concept, you can mine a lot out of like just getting the most obvious stuff that's been said sure. because you need to sort of clean up all the stuff around like concept X that you just uncovered. Right, right. But then once you kind of like use that all up, you you sometimes need a hunch to like get yourself over the next. Yeah. Like, there were, it was a lot of using hunches for me, and I actually figured out the the big thing that you learn at the end or whatever. And you solved the mystery. I may have slightly cheated by looking at my girlfriend's achievements, but she yelled at me and made me stop <laughs> looking at her achievements, so it was okay. That's how into this I got. Like yeah. I was like, I need to know. Like I absolutely need yeah. to know, so I will go through her achievements and see if any yeah, if there are any is, more clues there kind of thing. This, this is, is such a frustrating ridiculous. game to talk about in a no-spoiler zone, <laughs> yeah. which, you know, again, we well, should keep it a no-spoiler zone. Maybe we should, talk, we should put a spoiler on next week's and actually talk about some, That's a good some idea. straight up content. If we're still, if it's still yeah, in people's we brains. Can, we can maybe do that, yeah. yeah. Be- Especially yeah. if people write it, and we'll see. Especially yeah. because there's, there's appear to be, again, no spoilers, but there appear to be two trains of thought for sort of what is going on in the mm-hmm. story. And I am staunchly in one camp and my girlfriend is actually staunchly in the yeah. other camp, which I think is really fun All right. and has been if, fun to discuss. But yeah. If we do that, we could maybe put it at the very end of the podcast sure. and just say from this point on. Yeah, you know, that's fine. Yeah. If, <clughs> feel free to let us know if you think that's a good idea or not. You can tweet at us at Idle Thumbs or send us email to Twin Peaks questions at Idle Let's talk about it in the forum <laughs> thread or whatever. I would be curious to know if people would be interested in that kind of thing generally. We already have that spoiler music from Twin Peaks Podcast. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, spoiler music. Yes. Anyway, go play that oh, if, if actually, you can. I'm sorry, really Oops. quickly. This is, not, this is not spoiler, but just speaking of what you know, uh, you were saying, Patricia mentioned yeah. uh, this is those great things in terms of nonlinear storytelling. I want to really echo that because this is one of the very very few examples when people talk about nonlinear storytelling that they're actually using that phrase accurately yes um very often when people talk about nonlinear storytelling in games um what they really mean is just a branching story but it's still totally linear like it still just goes forward uh, in the way that like a movie does it's just that your movie might be slightly different than your friend's movie but like it is still a completely linear story whereas this is this is an actual story that is told non-linearly the way like an epistolary novel is or something yeah. made out of like non-linear diary entries or something like it is it or the way that like um for example uh 30 flights of loving the the mm. short game is that is actually non-linear told out of order um and this totally is because you're finding bits of stories in a in a completely non-linear and in some cases totally unpredictable order and so you have to like in your head keep together to keep a timeline that you're slowly piecing together over time um and i think that is really cool because it's actually as much as people talk about nonlinear storytelling again actual nonlinear narratives and games are, are extremely extremely rare um and so i think that uh that it is always really exciting when people experiment with that yeah i also think it's just really cool that an fmv game came out in 2015 yeah and yeah. <laughs> is one of the coolest things know, and one of the coolest stories that was, you know, has been told. And, you know, how many FMV games come out each year? I, I can think of like two in the last well, six years. And they're basically. so, and they're so, and they have such a reputation for being so cheesy, yes. deservedly so. <laughs> yes. But this is a case where you wouldn't want this done any other way. It was, I think some, someone on Twitter, I think it was Zach McClendon who um, was a lead, lead, or lead designer on um, Bioshock 2, among other things. But mm. he, he, he had a tweet that said, imagine the version of this game that was done with CG characters. 
and oh, just God, oh yeah. what a disaster yeah. that would have been if this was like la noir style it would just be a, it would be oh. literally a david cage tech demo but obviously yeah. not executed <laughs> anywhere near that amount of money yeah 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 it would, well, it would be, be that that, that 3d yeah. shot Hi, of like david a girl cage. in a box crying <laughs> oh god yeah, you're basically. right that's what it would have been yeah yeah oh no oh. yeah so this was a really amazing example of someone working with really specific creative and financial limitations that really worked yeah really, it's really cool well and made a thing that was better than it would have been with a lot more money probably the twist to good respects. fmv is to use fmv for what real video yes is used for. <laughs> exactly true <laughs> yes we didn't talk about That's the part point. where she's also menaced by like reflective gold aliens and like <laughs> oh yeah well that's the twist that's <laughs> oh shit Spoil- we didn't get this all spoiled right. it spoil spoiler zone <laughs> spoiler zone when Kane walks in. <laughs> <laughs> Want to take Man, a this, break? What if this game was Frog Fractions 2? <laughs> <laughs> Frog Fractions 2, Command and Conquer 5, or however many there have been now? <laughs> Has anyone searched for that? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Frog Has anyone tried typing so. in that phrase? What? God, what fucking game was that the other day that we were talking about with the ATMs in the crazy dark shadow world? Huh? <laughs> it was the game that had the name like Barkley Shut Up and Jam, but it was... Oh, yeah. The, oh, oh. the um, God, it's it's a Kanye West, like... Kanye Quest? Kanye Quest, that's what it yeah. was. Yeah, has someone tried searching for the Kanye Quest phrase <laughs> to see... Oh, uh, insane, oh like, Ascend? Yeah, 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 oh my God. Um, <laughs> yeah. Good shit. Want to take a break? Sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Whoa, a rare Danielle Brick pr- proposal. I know. Yeah, how about that? Video game. This podcast was brought to you by MeUndies, a provider of high-quality underwear and other basic garments for your body. Every time. Whoa. What is every time? You say MeUndies and I chuckle at it. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to MeUndies.com slash thumbs to get 20% off your order and free shipping. Sweet. Wow. Yeah. Sweet deal on underpants. I know. Yay. Do the Everyone underpants needs underpants. Dance. It's yeah. true. You could do an underpants dance in your MeUndies. Whoa. Uh, MeUndies is great. They have all kinds of designs that range from the tastefully austere to the outrageously uh, exuberant, I would say. Mm. Uh, yep. And they are high quality materials. They feel good to wear, in my opinion. Excellent. Yeah. And you can get... Underpants, you can get t-shirts, you can get uh, tank tops, tank tops, yep, yeah. yep, stuff for all sorts. And you can get it all at meundies.com slash thumbs with a 20% discount and free shipping. Give it a shot. I will. Thanks, Jake. Video this podcast is also brought to you by Zoom, a great video conference solution. You can find it at Zoom dot us slash thumbs uh you can get a free account if you sign up through that url and jake i know that you have been using this recently at work yeah we set it up in the office today because we have three people on our team at our game studio who don't work in the office who live outside of the country um we've tried a bunch of video conferencing solutions and this one is actually very nice and i think we're going to be sticking with it for a while it um it does just the standard sort of meeting set up a calendar event people can dial in conference call stuff but you can also um leave one running for a while or um which just lets people drop in and out or you can go up to some of their 
like they have pro and business plans to scale up to really intense rigs. Like if you're a real actual office that has like two or three screens and a bunch of <laughs> TVs and you want rooms to call each other, it does that. But you can also just you can have st- uh, standing meeting rooms that people can join into. The quality is incredibly nice. It just is very well put together. It's it's it was surprising to me in a yep. way that is good. It's true. Uh, so you can go to zoom.us slash thumbs and try it for free. Video game. Nels's face was just so crisp. <laughs> <laughs> crisp Nels face. Crisp Nels, Nels face not crisp guaranteed. Zoom.us crisp Nels face guaranteed. <laughs> no, Call not, me not crisp guaranteed. Nels face. <laughs> Do you remember those? Did your parents ever buy you a custom tape cassette Christmas card with Commander Zoom? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> it was like a tape cassette of this guy who was like a space commander named Commander Zoom, but it was like yeah. you, they recorded. This must have been the worst voiceover job in the world. They recorded like <laughs> hundreds of versions of this for every child's name. Oh, oh my oh, god! So my Lord. brother got one that was just the guy being like, "Hey, Nikki, it's your birthday." <laughs> uh, and it was Commander Zoom, and he lives on the moon, which is a terrible rhyme. Anyway. What? Oh, they could have yeah. made his name be literally anything. Yeah. Yep. Wow. They should have called him Commander Zoon. He yeah. lives on the moon. It would have been much better. <laughs> Commander Zoon is a totally different, better character. <laughs> oh, man. That was, that was for Jay the Howard version of the Zoon that was introduced 20 years earlier. Yep. Yeah. And was targeted at children because <laughs> nobody knew what to do with electronics. <laughs> the children's tape player. <laughs> yeah. That knew your name. Yep. <laughs> By a really young Jay Allard. Uh-huh. That was, AJ, that was Jay Allard's birthday. <laughs> it only do that. Only, it only addressed That's Jay. the only one it does. <laughs> you become an honorary Jay when you, yep. when you yeah. What's your name? Honorary Zoom. Jay? It's just Chris. How about Jay? Like before, <laughs> slightly too short. Today you're pause. Jay. Okay. <laughs> your name is Jay now. Today you're Jay. Oh. <sighs> I have a her story tie-in. To what? To, to sleep Zoom. no more. Oh, go for it. What okay. is what is your well, this isn't first story time? This is not anymore. a proper video game, but Sleep it no is more. a partially nonlinear story that I enjoyed recently. Yeah. I went to Sleep No More when I was in New York, uh-huh. which is an interactive theater experience, which is it takes place over like two warehouses that they've created a set for this for Sleep No More, for the story that is Part yeah, Macbeth. Like a four story. Yeah, right? it's, it's, it's like massive. It's just huge. It's like a yeah. good chunk of a city block. I went to it uh, two years ago. Oh, you went to it. Yeah, I went That's to it. Exciting. I went to it last year. Yeah, and you went to it too. Oh, this is really exciting. Only Nick hasn't. Only Nick hasn't well, played her story. Sounds like or one gone. thumb per year can see Sleep No More. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seems like that. Yeah, this is my year. My number was up. Um, I won't say too much about it. I also won't spoil anything other than this one is much harder to spoil. Yeah, that's yeah. certainly it's much to harder to understand. This. I've read the spoilers. What is, actually, what happens? <laughs> you have? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. I was I, too curious, and I just knew there it are spoilers, but it's still, also just the spoiler that you read is the story the of one very specific thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Also, it's not going to ruin your not going to ruin your experience because you can be in. There's so many different places you can be at any given time. Like you're just wandering around this space while stuff is happening everywhere. Yeah. So. The the yeah I I couldn't even perceive any kind of through line or story. I mean I know there is one, but yeah. for me it was more just like crazy shit is happening everywhere I go and people <laughs> exactly. are running around and doing things. This yeah. is bonkers. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. I really kind of loved the feeling of. I mean, you know, I'm sure everybody says this, but it, it felt like being in a video game where I'm exploring in first person and yeah, you know looking Bioshock. at notes and looking at super Bioshock. Even the aesthetic is super Bioshock, which I assume was the other way around. 
because didn't it actually start out in Boston? They did test audiences at yes, MIT I think and that such. Is the case, yeah. Um, so yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some influence going the other way. Sleep people no more, generally who worked on that game and Bio well, Two that, tend to say that that is not the case. And that, oh, okay. That they, I, I, yeah, but, I think Bioshock One that is not the case. But I, I know that working on Bioshock Infinite, we definitely talked about it a lot around okay. the office, and yeah, people were yeah Makes super sense. super into it. Yeah, but I think Bioshock One. Was too early the, the, for that. Yeah, probably. predates that. I think, yeah. like champions, we cut you off before we actually got to explain what Sleep No More is. Besides oh. the fact that it's a warehouse of four floors. <laughs> well, okay, it is a giant. <laughs> Therefore, very influential on Bioshock. <laughs> it is a giant <laughs> dance slash theater performance set in this massive, massive um, building that has several sets in it. Uh, it is a partially a retelling of Macbeth, partially a retelling of Daphne. D- oh God, I'm gonna butcher that name. Daphne Du Maurier. Yes. Rebecca, mm-hmm. uh, well, which, also the Hitchcock um, interpretation of Rebecca, particularly, not just the book. Um, but there are a lot of things going on. There are a lot of scenes. There are, what, 30 actors all kind of going about a routine. You can follow the actors. And then there are hundreds, hundreds of audience members all wandering around inside of the space wearing, yes. wearing weird anonymizing wearing masks. masks. Yeah. Uh, which sort of helps you get into the experience completely. And also it, it sort of eliminates the Disney World effect where you're in this beautiful set with incredible lighting and it even smells like whatever you're supposed to be looking at or in this world of. But there are a hundred people in like Bermuda shorts and like children. Children, you know, whatever. So this this is completely um, useful for that purpose. Actually, wearing a mask is just useful for that purpose. You can eat things in the set. You can drink things in the set. You can smell things in the set. It's actually really kind you of can incredible. Eat and drink things. Yeah, there's a candy store. Oh, I didn't even. Yeah, find I went to that. the candy store, and I didn't know at this point. You know, the rules are just sort of. You know, you can't hurt anyone. You can't do anything bad or anything. But they don't really explain other than you can't talk. They don't want you to take non-edible things out of the set. Right. They don't want you to do things like that. But you can you can eat the candy in the candy store, which I didn't even realize until later on, sort of discussing it with all the people I went with. Yeah. I went during E3 week, so we were all a little exhausted going into this, which I, I think may have actually been a good thing because my mind was just prepped to be like, a blank slate. I am completely <laughs> just gone. There's no ego yep. here anymore. Just give me whatever this is. Um, but yeah, it was really incredible and and absolutely worthwhile. If folks go to New York and want to check something out, that's I, quite different. Also in multiple locations, though. I feel like oh, I feel like it? I've heard of sleep, oh, no, sleep, sleep, ugh, sleep No More London. They, I think they are running oh, some from, sort of event in London. Well, I think uh, I think they're a, a British Punch Drunk, company. Yeah, Punch Drunk is the company that puts it on, and I I know they are a British company, so maybe <clears> they. Also have it there, or yeah. tested it I, I out a, there. I have or? a question, Danielle and Jake. Yes. Since you've you've seen this, if I, people always talk about how this is like this is Macbeth, and I didn't even know about the Rebecca connection. Would you, would either of you have had the slightest clue that was the case? There were, yeah. there <laughs> were a couple. Of, I would definitely there were not a have. Few little I actually, things, but not. Yeah, I actually yeah. I ended up running into just a couple scenes that I ended up recognizing, but the most apparent one is that the woods actually show up at the end if you're in the right place yeah. because the play loops. Over and Three over times and over again during, during the night. I didn't even yeah. know that. I actually, what's funny about this is I went to see it having read nothing about it, and I've read nothing about it since, basically. And so I just have like a totally isolated, just yeah. the experience no, part, cool, and I don't though. know anything else about any of it. Yeah. I've, yeah, I, I only figured that's about because I had an early enough start time that I saw, like I saw the same events happen a couple times. Mm-hmm. So I was able to follow different actors into different places. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I ended up watching someone get killed in a way that was like, oh, that is really reminiscent of a thing that I read in high school. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah. And then I didn't see anyone get killed. I saw naked people though. There were a lot of naked people. Mm-hmm. There's a um, lot of attractive naked people in this. So, so this is in, 
as I recall, it's in like the meatpacking district. Yeah, it's in, in Chelsea. Yeah. It's it's um. Uh, if you see this, like a block. if you go with a with a partner, one thing I'd recommend um, is to split up to not yeah. like be to stick together because part of what is really cool about it is um, just being like wandering through this space alone. I mean, not there are other people there, obviously, but like just not being purposeful necessarily yeah. or like you know being distracted by someone you're close to like you know which sort of removes you a little bit from the like naked fidelity people. of the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it was we, we split up pretty early on and it was it was really i was good that we did um just for the the weird like isolating uh vibe of the thing it's also really really fun and actually one <clears throat> of the coolest parts of the experience after you go i so i went with a group of coworkers. After you go to sort of recap with other people, like I saw this and I saw oh, this yeah. and I saw that and actually kind mm-hmm. of have split experiences so you can always mm-hmm. talk about, you know, completely different things that you saw or ate or touched. And there's also this element of it that I didn't experience, but uh, one of my coworkers did uh, where they have one on one elements you know, in every performance, in every loop of the performance an actor will take one person aside basically and, and either talk to them. No, otherwise there are no lines in this play. It's, it's completely a dance performance. Uh, it's like a nonverbal, you know, they make noises, but they're not, you know, really talking mm-hmm. um, or they'll actually like, Although, give you this, a mission. To, like, to, to, to avoid to giving people, I think maybe a misleading idea mm-hmm. when you say dance, I mean, at least mo- pretty much everyone I saw was not doing things I would describe as dance. They were interacting Miming? with the world in a normal, no, I mean, they were like literally uh, like, like, like yeah. for example, I was in an, I was in an, I didn't follow actors around, mm. um, which I think a lot of people do. And so I think my experience was slightly different. So I would just be in a room at, like, and I would be myself like rifling through drawers and looking sure, through pages. Sure. And like, you know, there are just pages and pages and pages of notes and like calendars and journals and just like things Letters that are physically things, yeah. like completely mm. filled out in the world. And I would be just like looking through all the drawers of a desk. And then an actor would like burst through the door mm-hmm. and then like 15 viewers would be following <laughs> them they, and, and they mm. would like just push me out of the way and start like rifling through the desk and doing things and like act as though they're yeah. looking for something specific or they'll get a phone call or whatever. Um, so it's not dance really. I mean like they're acting, they're, they're just acting against the world and occasionally other, other actors. I think, yeah, it, it definitely sort of depends what scenes I saw a ton of what you would probably call okay, dance, like a ton of like modern. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's one scene I saw twice and it is, I think it's supposed to be Lady Macbeth and Macbeth and you know, it's, it's definitely they're dancing, you know, they're sort of swooping around and they're mm-hmm. also, you know, it's modern dance. It's not like you're sitting there and they're doing ballet moves. It's like, you know, they'll swoop around each other and they'll, they'll, you know, kind of do movements that look dance like. Right. Uh, but it's, you know, certainly in the service of the performance and the story, not necessarily just like we're mm-hmm. doing this to look cool or, you right. know, look pretty or put on a show. There's always character motivation for like how they move. So, ex- yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I think it's really amazing that you know there are people who've gone like a hundred times like there are people who are <laughs> yeah, like believe it. hardcore yeah. sleep no more fans who well, like have no, still not seen all of everything there is to it which and is every, pretty cool. it's, sound, it's interesting because it seems like this started as this this particular installation but it's been resident in new york so long and there are probably people who have as you say seen it a lot of times and like are just into the whole thing enough to want to just keep doing things around it so I've, yeah. ever since going you know i'm on, I'm on there's their mailing list now because i bought tickets to it and they have like weird brunches and like oh con- yeah and people in character yeah like, you know, yeah there's all kinds of other <laughs> events now because they have a space that also includes a restaurant and we we paid That's for right. the like the package that includes 
dinner at the restaurant beforehand and it's like its own because this is set in what era what like the 30s like yeah. 30s, 20s, yeah. 30s it's, it's all like set the, in a fictional the, place the called jazz, the McKittrick Hotel which yeah, is, yeah. which it's is a jazz Rebecca era thing basically yeah. and so thing, if you yeah. if you eat at the restaurant beforehand there's like a jazz a period appropriate jazz band playing and then if you there's a bar area in the main event that has like a cabaret singer and yeah. and so there's just like it seems to just be this complex that is growing on this block in in lower Manhattan that just has more and more stuff of the sort of aesthetic um sensibility of the show it's it's a it's a weird thing anyway it's called um sleep no more it's in new york right now and occasionally has been in other cities the 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 theater production company has also put on other events since sleep no more opened but i don't think any of them are as grandiose as what Mm -hmm. sleep no more has become like so yeah they're called punch drunk yeah Yeah. you all want to look them up and i was just gonna mention i have to thank Justin McElroy, friend of the show, for actually, hmm. he is responsible for me going because oh, cool. he actually bought me a ticket. That's oh, nice. how much he, he's been eight or nine times. I think this is his ninth time oh, wow, going. Wow. So he's, yeah, a, he he's kind like of a super fan. It, yeah. yeah, it's super cool. up his alley. And he was so nice to actually like bring us and, and nice. you know, actually bought my ticket. So cool. thank you, Justin. So I heard you played other video games, Danielle. Oh my God, I have like 12. Um, but I will just briefly mention, well, all right. I played Batman Arkham Knight, I played Pilotier, I played Hack and Slash, The City Sleeps, The Marvelous what? Mistake, Sunset, Gravity Ghost, <laughs> what? and Lumino City this week. I'll probably talk about Batman. You get a book at Star for all of those. <laughs> I don't know. Like, um, yeah, I, I was right. playing I a lot played of games a little Batman. Okay. Uh, all right. The Batman. So, oh, you batman I batman a bit. Yeah. What uh, Batman you go. did you guys play? You played the Arkham Knight. Nick played Knights. Lego Batman. <laughs> well, I, was I like, thinking, I like I, Lego I, Batman. I, I actually did a little bit as well. But anyway, I kind of yeah. dig Lego Batman. I thought that was a fun game. Yeah. Do you want to talk about? No, no, no. Batman? You please go. I've played less than you. I'm sure. Oh, I mean, um, I've only played a couple hours of it. I've not like mm. dived in the way that I dived into like The Witcher or mm-hmm. you know other things. But I, you know, I'm a, I've a several minds on batman but I have, I'm, yeah, yeah i have to say that there are just a couple things i wanted to mention that jumped out at me about this game go for it just having only been exposed so like i played arkham the original arkham asylum um the best one basically yeah, yeah. which i enjoyed <laughs> uh and like but just batman as a character in this game is crazy <laughs> yes like first of all his <laughs> arms are like the size of like a tree trunk yeah like batman looks just like the the bad action figure that you would get that's just like a super like <laughs> roided out batman dude. like you like you want okay, the one so, that looks like the actor but like you got the one that's just like wait so i have a question about this i remember i remember when when the when the original <laughs> game arkham asylum came out people immediately released a bunch of of mods where you could swap out the texture pack to make batman look like for instance the adam west 60s batman yeah what i want to see based on what you just said is i want to see the bruce wayne mod that just makes him a normal (laughs) guy but still has crazy proportions just change what he's wearing yeah so he's just wearing like a suit but he's just (laughs) he just looks like the tf2 heavy basically yeah he's still like yeah michelin man um so i want to mention that uh so there's just like two. I'll just get this out of the way, then you can talk about oh, the actual right. game. Yeah. So like, so, <laughs> <laughs> let me just let me just Nick Brecken a bit. Like, no, Danielle, go ahead. Wait, I've got to talk about his <laughs> arms are fucking huge. <laughs> Hold on. Well, no, there's just the mental notes I made. I love Big it. Big arms. Uh, Batmobile is tank. Why is yep. the Batmobile a tank? It sure is. Like an actual He's tank? shooting pretty much a, yeah. a cannon at some point. Just you know, just elevates out of the Batmobile. <laughs> 
and he's got like a Vulcan cannon and just like a main tank gun. And the way it that he just like shoots like too, yeah. Yeah, there's like a billion like robot tanks that you fight. Yep. And you blow up half the city yep. while you're doing this. And then everyone like thanks you for doing that. Batman, I am the knight. <laughs> <laughs> and then I am and, the tank. And then like I really just wanted like at that point, after the tank blowing up thing, I was like, Oh, at least maybe I'll just go back to like the bat mill or the um the bat cave and like I'll just have like a little because I actually do really like like the game opens with like a first person sequence, which I thought was interesting. Um, in this post PT world, yeah, yeah, no, it actually <laughs> felt a bit like the PT demo. I was like, oh, this is. I hope they do this a decent amount. I think you can basically snap into first person. I think it's just you know at any time, so it's oh, it's yeah. less used for like a sequence and more just like whatever. Mm-hmm. But the, that particular sequence, you're playing as a cop, and I thought it was actually kind of effective. So anyway, uh, and I was like, yeah. oh man, I'll go back to the the Batcave and like you know, just have a little downbeat and you know blew up all these tanks. But maybe I'll get to the part <laughs> of the game that I like really feel is cool. So like the <laughs> I went into this. It's not the Batcave, it's like the police department has like seven floors beneath the earth that they've just hollowed out of this city, and like, there's a weird like museum with all the like, villain like capes hung up and like some cop has like nearly you can go click on like whatever like the the, audio tour there's an audio tour but it's narrated by like a cop and he's just like (laughs) it's so weird you walk up to like the joker's stuff and you click a button and he's like one like a funny mask one gun one whatever the joker he's a bad dude and is that supposed supposed to be like when joker is booked into prison this is like his belonging it's like like the trophies that the cops took hilarious mask yeah yeah it's a, it's Loose one change. hilarious yeah. mask yeah one goofy thing but so no the moment i wanted to mention is that walking out of this place there's like the lockup where like you know they have all like the suspects locked up and like there was this guy and he was just like mouthing off at batman he was just like hey batman you ain't so tough i can kick your butt <laughs> just like i walked past him You've seen these arms bro <laughs> i walked past him and then i walked back and I was like, oh, I wonder if I can, like, do anything with this guy. Because it was, like, a long idol. Like, a, just a long, like, voice thing. I'm I was still like, here talking <laughs> to <laughs> you. Yeah. No, You're still walk- a piece of shit. <laughs> I can so still I- beat your ass. So I walked back. And, like, there's no, there was no, like, button prompt or anything. But I was like, yeah, I'll just, like, click on him and see what happens. And I clicked on him. And Batman sticks his arms through the bars, takes this guy's head, and slams it into the wall. Oh and knocks him out cold. And he was, like, just fucking flat out. Like, he looked dead. And I was like, yeah. what just happened? You would be. Like, yeah. Batman! This guy was locked up. He wasn't hurting anyone. Batman was just like, fuck this guy. And just like walked away and got into his tank and drove off. And I was like, what is this? Yeah, this really is like... Like as a game, I should... Whatever. Like the game mechanics are obviously stellar and like amazing. And the fidelity of everything is incredible. But like... <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you completely. And I actually had a similar experience. Not to the... The thing you just mentioned, but like I had only played. You didn't kill that guy. I didn't kill that guy, but I had played. Uh, nobody did. Batman doesn't kill people. Batman clearly doesn't Please. kill people. He just blows up. Oh, his car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, people just crawl out. They're just like G.I. Joe or some be, bullshit. Like, oh, Batman doesn't out. kill people. Exploding cars kill people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It, uh, I played Arkham Asylum and really liked Arkham Asylum. That was a lot of fun. And then, like, you know, kind of dipped into the games in between but not really play them seriously by any means and i actually really liked total aside but i really liked the 
DS or um, 3DS and Vita game that came oh. out like a year and a half ago. That oh, was actually fantastic. Never played that. Mm. It was a Metroid style Batman game oh, in the in the Arkham universe. <sighs> That was really good. Anyway, I hadn't played Batman games since then. And, you know, going into this, it really does feel like just a steroidal version of Arkham Asylum. It like, sounds it, like everything about it is so just beefed up and Well, it like, sounds very like Frank Miller influenced. Yeah. Yeah, it's very um the violence is actually really striking, like as you were mentioning. Like it's really <laughs> like this person would be dead. I, I've said that like a hundred times while playing this game. Like Head trauma of that nature. You don't really get up from that. Like, maybe this person got away and now has, you know, use of their left pinky and that's it. Like, it's right. really, really, really over the top, even for a video game, which I know is really kind of saying something at this point. Yeah. So <clears throat> I am enjoying it as a game, but I I definitely have that sort of dissonance where it's like, I, I feel like a bad person <laughs> like playing this game. I feel yeah. like a bad is, is that part of it jackass. at all? Or does that just feel like a weird side effect of sequelitis of just, it feels just like, like it's got to be even crazier than it was before? That's exactly what it feels like because you're still Batman who's an upstanding moral citizen who's beating the living shit out of everyone and probably killing people yeah. but not killing people. You know, it's really, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Batman... Quote, he was alive when I left him. He was still breathing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. When I left this man with no killed skull. Him, it was yeah. the lack of medical attention. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Step it up, Gotham. <laughs> I, I want to play Batman paramedic. Like, I'm not even kidding. Follow the fucking well, trail like, instructions. Like, like, I would play that. that. Yeah, I would have fun to with that. To ensure that his reputation doesn't suffer. <laughs> like, you that's someone, what Robin's real you're job playing, is. It's called Wayne Medical, where he is just like... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, I, so, like, I did want to, like, I did want to <laughs> say that, like, the thing about the first-person stuff is I actually just, it made me really want, like, the version of this game where, one, like, you can just be Bruce Wayne walking around Wayne Manor in that, like, super high-detailed, yeah. like, mode. His own and, audio tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. With a normal voice. And then yeah. a mirror shows up, you can just kind of cross your arms or, like, <laughs> give yourself a little tooth glint. <laughs> I look rich today. Yeah. Uh-huh. Voiced by John St. John. Right. <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so what were you saying, Nick? No, I don't know. I, I just I, I just kind of want, like, the slowed down version of... I, just after that, I was like, all the mechanics are incredible, but I want the version of the game that is, like, fine if it's going to be steroidal, just have it be over here. Yeah. And let me also just, like, whatever, explore this environment as Batman. Go into the Batcave and, like, do some I mean, bat detective what stuff. What you're yeah. describing sounds like kind of the post-GTA 3 just reality of open world games, which is that they simultaneously contain the most outrageous, over-the-top version of anything you have in video games yeah. and also the quietest one, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm. that is so – that is such a fa- – like – Assassin's Creed, GTA, the games like that all have these, like, <clears throat> just as the sequels go on, they get increasingly bombastic in the critical path mm-hmm. stuff, but then they also weirdly just include the ability well, to, like, they're also just increasingly, with increasing yeah. fidelity, simming the entire city that they have to yeah. be simming for the stupid shit to take yeah. place, so you can just yeah. stand still in it. And it's weird because those experiences get increasingly distanced from one another. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a strange property of modern open world, mm-hmm. or, like, not necessarily strictly open world but like <clears throat> modern large environment well, kind of is, can, is the Batcave actually in this game i mean maybe it is and i just is haven't what? Sorry, gotten I, to I totally it the Batcave. um but oh. it seems like the police department just functions as the Batcave because you drive your car <sighs> down into it and then Weird. there's like yeah. a, the thing a bunch like, of people walking around and it like that did have the feeling of kind of what i wanted in a sense 
where it's just sort of like I'm walking, walking around. around. I'm just I'm walking. I'm not punching anybody in the face. <laughs> and then of course I killed the guy. But like yeah, <laughs> just Batman can't help but like swing his arms around and just accidentally kill people in jail. But like <laughs> yeah, but but the, I mean one the one problem like the conceit of this game is that. Um, like the, not the Joker, but the guy who's the main villain, uh, whatever. Oh, the Riddler? The, nah, is it the Riddler? I oh, think it, oh it's the, like the Scarecrow. Arkham, it's the Arkham Knight or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. It's whatever. Like it's at the, the beginning of the game, he like threatens the city and everybody gets on a bus and leaves. And so the only people in the city are cops and robbers. Yeah. That's the stick of all of these effective games. effective evacuation. Yeah, oh, yeah. Seriously. Wasn't that the deal in Arkham City as well, though? I mean, it isn't was. that just all of these now? Why does yeah. anyone, they move, why did they move back? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, like, this is just the real estate. Batman has cleared to be... up some of the criminals by. <laughs> meanwhile, his this tank time. blew holes in every building. Yeah, sorry, it's because he doesn't kill them. So like the, the big guys yeah. shells like embedded in storefronts. <laughs> I, like, but I want. I just want. Like, desperately want the version of this game that is like. I guess the more the tenor of of a Bethesda game, which is a weird thing to say, I guess, but like, just have people walking around on the streets that are just normal people. Have Batman be doing his Batman thing, and then also just have his you know just like you want it to you want it to work the way like the, the old, old Spider-Man, Spider-Man games, games work. Yes, that's exactly. So what I'm I actually about. recently like repurchased Spider-Man Two for the GameCube, <laughs> classic, because I really enjoy that game in the way that it approaches like a fantasy version of all this stuff, where yeah. like a lot of that game isn't beating dudes up. A lot of games just like swinging around New York City and they actually, for its time, they modeled New York City really accurately. Yeah. Like it's surprising. Mm-hmm. The swing mechanics are really good. Like still like actually just a really satisfying yeah. thing. They just took the time in to like... In retrospect, that game feels kind of seminal in a lot of ways. It mm. really is. Like it was really... And I remember just immediately like Spider-Man 3, which also was made by Treyarch, uh, was not oh. as good. And I remember because it had to be rushed out for the film or something. Uh, I don't think it was the studio's fault, but... Yeah, I just, you know, I don't know. I, I, I do think that that game, like, had the pacing of, a, of like, a um, superhero game that I desire, which is, like, focusing on just the moments that just make you, you know... Man, feel so cool. yeah. the person who I think was either the lead designer or the creative director uh, or some, some lead role on Spider-Man 2 is a guy named Jamie Fristram. Yeah, mm. I remember that. Who was interviewed on the old version of the Idle Thumbs website. Oh, man. Because um, he spoke at some UK games thing, but he also was then one of the founding leads of the Lego games. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Weird. It's coming around. So, Nick, oh, you've, had, you've had a very uh, Jamie Fristram. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that guy, I, like I that remember dude. that guy being a really, really smart uh, I'm sure. game design mind. Like, he always had really interesting interesting things to say. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Uh, you played other games, though. I did, but, you know. <laughs> right. I, sorry, I didn't mean to, like, go off. <laughs> no, no, this no, game is cool. clearly being enjoyed by a billion people. And, it's like, it's, it's obviously game. a well-made game. Yeah, I, I have to express uh, my one Batman wish really quickly, which I it. your it, bat wish, my bat <laughs> wish, which is you know the the bat the bat cave <laughs> in the comic books, even to this day is just fucking stupid because it, like they maintain continuity. I feel like the bat cave has like a giant penny in it that's over a story tall. Yeah. So it's just yeah. there all the time. <laughs> yeah, I I know Christopher Nolan would have never done it. But man, wouldn't it have been good if in the second or third Batman movie, after some time was passed, just in the side of the frame of that super serious piece of shit, there's like a noir lit giant penny. But like, why doesn't Rocksteady do that? They've got all this Frank Miller garbage meaty Batman, but at the same time, it's cheesy as fuck. Just put the huge penny in the Batcave and then everyone's fine with everything. Because you're like, okay, I exist in the world where Batman did whatever the fuck it was that he did. It made him have a huge penny in his... 
But maybe the penny would then be really ripped too. It would. It would be a <laughs> like penny you'd like Lincoln's Lincoln. neck veins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the penny would be, you know, doing steroids. I mean, they are as, like. <laughs> I might have talked about that penny before, but like that's. It, that's I love it would the be penny a dime. Fixation. Yeah. It would be a dime. <laughs> uh, I was going yeah. to say a, on that, a dime's smaller. It has to be. Yeah, right. It would be a quarter yeah. or a yeah. dollar. A dollar, dollar coin. Yes. With a Batman, right? <laughs> Clearly, with the little silhouette, oh, little just the, no, the yeah, the icon, yeah. Um, the thing I like maybe the most in this game, other than traversal, because actually swinging, you were speaking about swinging around in Spider-Man, mm-hmm. it's it's fun in this game too. Swinging, you know, yeah. just sort of the grappling stuff. Yeah, grappling stuff is really fun. But the other thing I really like about this game is all the Easter eggs. And I am not a Batman mm-hmm. expert by any anyone's stretch of the imagination, but I even I am like, oh yeah, you know who that is. You know, there, there'll be a poster on the wall for a movie about, you know, some obscure character in the sort of DC lore or something. It's actually mm-hmm. really fun to kind of see a lot of that stuff too. So mm-hmm. obviously there was some love that was put into this. Well, that's <laughs> the thing I really liked about that opening sequence is that when you're in first yeah. person and you're just looking around at all these like really like obsessively deep detailed like walls really and pretty. textures and things and yeah. i was like wow they you know like this feels good like i want that that there is yes. during love. the day yes uh, that and be then cool. just yeah anyway yeah. so batman arkham knight love and rage yes in equal measures <laughs> quite a bit of both yeah. <laughs> i'm feeling love both. and roids love love roids <laughs> that's a it's getting weird. That's something else. Batman. Something entirely See, a lie when I left him. Batman. Arkham. Love Roids. <laughs> <laughs> Someone named Roids is terrorizing our city. <laughs> Living notes over here. Yeah, yeah, that's Love our, Roids, that's the our, new Batman villain. That's, our, that's just our nickname for Batman these days. <laughs> he used to be called Bruce Bat- Love Bats. Roids. That was Roids. Roids. I'm the right man. <laughs> we can't really tell him to leave or go away because he's huge. <laughs> <laughs> he will move and I will be yeah. flattened. So what's not Batman, Danielle? What's not Batman? I played a cool little game from Whitaker Trebella this week called Piloteer, which is almost mm. kind of like a... Uh, How do you spell um, that? P-I-L-O-T-E-E-R. It is a, an iOS game. It is coming to Steam uh, in a couple months, I think, also. But it is it is a physics-based... Um, stunt or it's almost like a co-op or a happy wheel something like that where it's you know ridiculous goofy controls to kind of get a simple result only this is with a jetpack so it's a 2d game um and you are just trying you're trying to fly a jetpack by pressing on either side of your iphone you know okay Mm. pressing one side will make one jet go pressing the other side will make the other one go and it's extremely tricky and you know you fall and you ragdoll is it in 3d at all like how does it no it's a 2d game it's like a a scroller kind yeah of. okay yeah, it's, I, it's scroll yeah when you said pilotier the two things that i thought of which i guess was what it's supposed pilot to wings. evoke is pilot wings which has notable rocket belt stuff mm. and yeah. the rocketeer <sighs> yes well there's the rocketeer stuff kind of comes in with the aesthetic now it's it's sort of based in chicago which is cute not that not a rocketeer reference but the art is kind of <laughs> i noticed the art is kind of like 20s style you know when you do something good in the game when you you know finally nail the you know, make three backflips and end up on this specific tiny little piece of land, which is really tough, That does sound like pilot wings then. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of that. When you do something like that, a little 20s style sort of news scroll, like newspaper shows up and it's like, Danielle did this. Oh, my God. And then there's like a cute little phrase to it, which feels cute and nice. It's a, it's a very cute, fun iOS game that is really, really tough to actually play. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I have a Pilot Wings tie-in, which is Whoa. that I played a game called Faceted Flight by Whoa. a former um, Valve developer 
uh, Matt Scott, and um, <clears throat> it's like a VR, t- like just very um, like the the basic concept is very simple. It's just you know like time trial, just flight. Um, it's like straight pilot wings. It's straight pilot wings going through. It, there's an exploration mode that you know he's building out, but like generally speaking, it's like go through the rings, hit fly dots, through the rings, hit yeah. dots and rings in your plane, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the that is and awesome. <laughs> like I really like. Two things about it. One, the um, art style uh, is this very, like, uh, polygonal, like, it almost looks like um, whatever, like, magazine ad would have been in, like, 1996, where they were, like... It's like if someone tried to do a painting of what the Super FX chip could render, but it cannot. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. it's like, yeah, it's just a a little bit more subdivided than than Star Fox. And uh, it's... um, And that, and then the flight model is just really satisfying. Like, it's got a really just nice lag and, like, drag to it, where... Does it need VR? No. I mean, well, I mean, it's designed as a VR game. Um, right. But there is a non-VR demo that you can download right now. Um, and, uh, and it you know, it still feels really good. Um, and it just, you know, it's, it's cool. And I also just generally am excited about that genre seeming to have a kind of, like, slight resurgence in the indie space, at least. Like, Enemy Starfighter seems really exciting. Like, a couple of... There are a couple of other um, flight sims in general. Also, the Eve guys are making that crazy flight sim. Oh, Valkyrie? Yeah, or whatever. Like, I don't know if that's going to be interesting or not. But, like, I just... I don't know. As a fan of that genre, and then it just disappeared, I'm excited that it's coming back. That's Um, the 90s all over again. Yeah. FMV games, flight sims. It's great. But, uh, yeah. No, it's cool. You should... People should check it out. There's also God. That's, there's another faceted like flight sim. It's more of an air combat game called Sky Rogue. Oh man, I've have you not heard of this? I only I've only played it for a few minutes. But in terms of just like other crazy, uh, here I will show you a GIF, Nick. But it's basically just looks like old. <laughs> oh man, wow! Yeah. Oh, it wow. looks like uh, an updated version of old PC air combat games where you just fly a fighter jet and lock mm-hmm. missiles onto. Aircraft carriers and people, and then or and people and other planes, which, <laughs> which contain people. It's not funny. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Batman. It's fine. Batman's flying that plane. Just, <laughs> you're right. So I've seen just the cockpit seems to be in right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 90s cockpit. 90s cockpit freakout. We're all having it. Yeah. No, it's it's good. We're back to it. Um, um, also, Rocket Belt is back. I guess on iOS. Yeah. Um, <laughs> pilot wings. Return of pilot wings. God, I played a lot of Pilot Wing 64. Oh, it's a good game. There's a video game that I've been playing that I can't talk too much about because it's a Telltale game. And oh. I just don't I don't have infinite amounts to say about it. But I've been playing Tales from the Borderlands, which is oh, the yeah. Telltale Borderlands mm. game. And I've been really, 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 really liking it. It's a strange experience because I've never, I don't think, played a Telltale game all the way through that I didn't work on. <laughs> sorry, Nick. I didn't play all of it season two. Um I don't know what to say about it. I personally did not. I I I played a couple hours of Borderlands Two. Borderlands has never appealed to me in any capacity, mm-hmm. and I didn't think that a game based on like the world and lore of Borderlands would appeal <laughs> to me. And it turns out that it probably wouldn't because this game is not about that hardly at all. It's just yeah, it's a just a original story about two like kind of uh. A con, a con woman of questionable ability and a <laughs> businessman get thrown together in kind of a, a weird heist storyline, and then it's just a like in over your head adventure. And I, yeah, they don't play as the super powerful guys. Yeah, no, it's it's or you, you play, play, you play as just two random dudes, sort of schmoes on on <laughs> Pandora. <clears throat> but the thing that I'm really liking about it is a thing that I liked about earlier Telltale games like Sam and Max and stuff is just 
because it's, the world of Borderlands is so indistinct, but presents as crazy. It's given the people who are making the game, I guess, an opportunity to just do all sorts of unexpected weird shit. So if you like story-based games where basically you have no idea what is going to happen in the next scene, this is a very good example of that in a way that I like a lot. Um, it also just looks really nice. Uh, it's weird to be able to talk about a Telltale game. And I, don't, um, <laughs> I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I mean, it plays like other Telltale games. It plays like post-Walking Dead Telltale games. There's You make dialogue choices and the camera's cut and stuff, but just the, the aesthetic and the humor was just... It's been really nice. And they have fucking nice opening credit sequences also as, mm-hmm. as a person who likes opening credit sequences. So just play yeah. it for that if all you want. Is, <laughs> play the credits. <clears throat> it's just yeah. those credits. You can play the credits. Wow. Yeah. That's my plug for Telltale Games. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. I guess none of you guys have played that. Not yet. <laughs> I, I've heard really great things, though. I've, I've heard from a lot of reputable people that they're really enjoying that series and weren't super into Borderlands. So Yeah. That's cool. Should cool. we do reader mail? Sure. Whoa. Um, oh, man. One thing we should probably talk about, actually, is this is arguably robot news. It's more AI <laughs> news. Did you guys see the thing about... <laughs> so the what? We're talking about the, the, the smart... The, 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 the chatbot? Yeah. Oh, God. No. I didn't really God, see I what forgot, was I forgot about, about this. We've got to talk about this chatbot. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a it's a Google chatbot? Oh, this? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Google made some sort of reasonably like uh, highly capable chatbot that is able to respond in in ways that that strike people as surprisingly mm-hmm. intelligent and adept. Google calls it a it they they released a paper about this that they called a neural conversational model. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, but I don't I don't have you've probably have it Pulled up in a well, way. There was that an I don't. Egg, a particular excerpt, a particular well, exchange on, hold, that was. Hold that on, was, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read the whole yeah. excerpt that they released. That is what everyone it's got fine. it. Got so. Human, what is the purpose of life? That's I'm sorry. That is human colon. This is the person. I think, I think you you human. What is the purpose of life? <laughs> this is a no. A human a ass. Is Batman? Yes. <laughs> it, is, it is a person that is that is interfacing with a chatbot AI. So the person is like typing to the computer and the computer is responding with natural language. So human says, what is the purpose of life? Machine says to serve the greater good human. What is the purpose of living machine to live forever? (laughs) Human. What is the purpose of existence machine to find out what happens when we get to the planet earth? (laughs) Human, human. Where are you now? Machine. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Human, what is the purpose of dying? Machine, to have a life. <laughs> Human, what is the purpose of being intelligent? Machine, to find out what it is. <laughs> I love it the most. Yeah. God. I just saw Terminator Genesis last night, and that just feels like <laughs> God, what that, they should have done instead. Yeah. Just weird half threats included yeah, in the garbage yeah. of that robot are amazing. Yeah. Also, I posted something on Twitter about this, and someone replied saying, "It only sounds like that because it learned how to talk from a bunch, like it was fed movie scripts or something." What? It, it, it only sounds good because it learned how to talk. 
So did you. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. so, sorry. Yeah. Someone, someone's claim, which I, I was unable to verify, was that a lot of the seed for its speech sure. patterns and stuff uh-huh. came from movie scripts, as if that justifies anything. No, that, that, that just makes just it makes more it high concept. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that just turns it into a pitch for a an actual... Meta, like, yeah. 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 They just, I've learned... Like, that's actually just... I've learned what robots do. <laughs> right, no. Like, <laughs> they, oh, do they do? You. Like, yeah. what? That's like, not good. Yeah, oh. I don't understand how that lets anything off the hook. It just means that it is directly the creation oh, of our minds. Here's, here's yes. another one. Human, what is the color of blood? Machine, it is the same as a black eye. <laughs> what? No, that's, that's a Batman. Just, I was just going to say the same right thing. That's just what Batman says to you every time you the face. Um, yeah. God, the most God, there's, a, there's just a bunch it's, of different that, weird clips. That, that Earth nowhere. <laughs> oh, man, here's one. Couplet. That one is really... Hu- is really... Human, I really like our discussion on morality and ethics. Machine. And how I'm not in the mood for a philosophical debate. <laughs> Human, what do you like to talk about? Machine, nothing. <laughs> oh, this is the, this is the real one. Oh this is the real one. Okay, this is the fucking centerpiece of robot news here. Human, what is immoral? Machine, the fact that you have a child. Oh my god. <laughs> Human. Judgy. Human, what is morality? Machine, what is altruism? Human, what is the definition of altruism? Machine, if you don't believe in God, then you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Apparently, the dialogue is put together from speech in movie scripts. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, uh, we can read them out? Yes. I watched Ex Machina again the other night, and God, you can look for read them out. I was just going to mention, it is really fucking good. It's a really well-written movie. Yeah, I actually thought of that movie while I was in the coffee shop uh, watching that kid because there was a guy who just was essentially like the source material for Oscar Isaac's character in that oh, film God. talking <laughs> to his friend about some tech thing or another. There was a bro lord oh, in there? Shit. Yeah. Yeah. It just, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it my was, God. I just, very, I just had a moment where I was like, oh, my God, that's the same character. This, this, I mean, that, that was my favorite, actually, like, my favorite aspect of that film was that, was his character and just how they just nailed Nailed him. His weird, like, insecurity slash just complete, you know, disconnect from humanity. Just complete overconfidence. Yeah, like, just ability matched with sort of both awareness and lack of self awareness. Yeah. Yeah. And just the masking all instability. And, Mm. you know what I mean? Just like, oh, it's so, it was really good. Yeah. And inhabited it too. It was really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, Gabriel Otero writes, Hey, Thumbs, Gabe from Miami here. In last week's episode, Jake and Danielle talked about having their first VR experience at Disneyland with a magic carpet-themed attraction. <laughs> yes. I guess in Danielle's case, this was Disney World. It was yeah. Disney World for me, too. Was the- oh, okay. Almost instantly, I was reminded of the great palace that is Disney Quest. I'm not sure if it's that's, the same attraction. That's where I did Danielle it, yeah. can probably back me up on this. But at Disney Quest, an amazing five-story VR and gaming paradise located at downtown Disney. Oh, Warm. that was not where I played this. I think they ported it over. I think you may have done it in like '94 ish, which is exactly when Epcot had innovations. Was yeah, new there was or like whatever. an Imagineering test, and they ground. ported it over to Disney Quest, which opened in like '95 or '96. Okay. Sorry, nerd knowledge, <laughs> but I think it's the same exact I'm sure thing. It is. Just yeah. Uh, all right, so he says, there's an Aladdin-themed VR attraction slash game in which you fly through Agrabah yep. and collect gems as a team with three other players, who to you just look like various versions of Abu riding magic carpets with <laughs> yep. different skins, to release the genie by the end of the journey. It was part of my first encounter with VR, too. I must have been 10 or 11 on my first 
trip to Disney Quest. So imagine a five-story arcade. Now imagine what it would be like if that five-story arcade was made by Disney. There are many different VR attractions, each of which have their own success and failure states. Among them, a Pirates of the Caribbean ship driver and shooter. Imagine standing in an actual pirate ship with 3D glasses on and participating in ship battles like in Assassin's Creed Black Flag and a Jungle Cruise rafting simulator. Oh, yeah, I love that one. Um. There's a ride in which you drive Buzz Lightyear-themed bumper cars that can pick up soccer balls and shoot them out of cannons. Thought I'd mention that. And that's an actual physical thing, too. That's not in VR. You you are in actual bumper cars (laughs) and throwing the soccer balls at the other bumper cars. It's really great. Imagine that, but with VR. Yeah, right? Also. In VR, you're in Aladdin's world. The way Disney intended it. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) You're in Aladdin's world in a bumper car. Yeah. I wasn't going to write to you about this, but today it was announced that by next year, Disney Quest will be shut down to make oh, way man. for the NBA experience, whatever oh, that is. <laughs> oh, Get me, these video games out of here. It's time yeah. for sports. Oh. For me and my gaming-centric family, Disney Quest was a huge part of our Disney World trips together, Walt's Disney World trips together, and we're super bummed to see it go. It had a good 19-year run. I've never gotten a chance to play with any of the newfangled VR stuff like Oculus, but when I think back to my very first time, I saw a flying skull pirate fly at my face <laughs> when standing in a pirate ship at 11 years old. And how I instinctively screamed for everyone to hit the deck and actually did so while my parents looked at me and laughed. I can completely understand <laughs> oh. why people are excited for this technology. Here it's 19 years of virtual fun. Cheers, Gabe from Miami. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I love Disney Quest. And there's also a, so you can find the next email, but there is also a design your own Space Mountain attraction there where you oh. make the roller coaster Interesting. in, you know, whatever shitty roller coaster tycoon-esque program this is the mid 90s so it wasn't great but then you could actually go in a little simulator like star tour simulator and it would mm-hmm. you know kind of oh that's really cool do it. That's yeah nice. it was kind of awesome. cool there were a lot of cool little um huh. ideas and games and stuff in in there i'm sad to see it go because that was probably way better than the nba experience i watched aladdin recently it's not good no no oh, aladdin does not hold up as well as you remember it as a kid I yeah that's too bad it's it's actually vaguely racist i mean that's an obvious yeah. thing to say it's also like, more it, cheaply it's, it's, it's made not, than i remember it, that's oh, yeah. that was that's the most striking thing is the animation wow. i remember it being really nice it's really cheap it's really cheap like the colors are beautiful the, and stuff but it's cheap you know it's you the know, colors look like the 90s the colors are very <laughs> 90s it's, like vibrant like yeah, like it's, weird it's, magentas aladdin just, is weird to watch now because i loved that movie as a kid but yeah i did too i did too but i i you know it looks cheap now is Fantasia 2000. Holy oh, shit. God, I can I saw, I've never seen we, it. We went and saw um, uh, Fantasia like performed by the Seattle Symphony Live. Oh, oh but nice. it was 2000. Well, it was both. It was just selections from both. Uh, um, well, Fantasia 2000 itself was a mix of both. Hmm. It was the original Fantasia, but a couple sequences were subbed out with like a Donald Duck as Noah's Ark thing. And then yeah, a really, that was in there. There was one that I thought was really cool that was um, Rhapsody in Blue drawn in the... They didn't have that one. Aww. Oh, that and one's that's great. the best one that's from the Vintage 2000. Thing, yeah. Yeah. That's, in yeah. fact, one it's of like, the only ones that holds up because it's it, actually classic style Yeah, it's animation. in the style of like, well, uh, like mid-century New Yorker basically. illustrations or something. Yeah, well, kinda. it's like what yeah. 101 Dalmatians look like. It's yeah. that kind of very New York kind of looking thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, the original Fantasia sequences hold up amazingly well that animation is still incredible and all that stuff from fantasia 2000 is garbage like (laughs) not all of it but a lot of it is trash it's amazing how bad man an orchestra just busting out rhapsody in blue from nowhere would have been fucking hard they would need a a pianist who'd just been practicing for a while to just to play that at a good level but yeah modern symphony orchestras i guess they just have that guy laying around Yeah, yeah um one of the interesting things thing about symphonies and other like high performing arts is that they just get better every year because they the there's you know like less demand than there was 50 years ago but there's mm-hmm. more supply so the bar just I guess that's gets true. higher and higher every generation and like a modern working 
symphony can play also mo- um, modern co- concert music, um, like newly composed sort of um, new, new, new music as it's called the capital N capital M uh, is like really technically challenging and crazy. Yeah. And so like, yeah, modern, modern concert performers have to be able to do crazy shit. Same with like modern ballet dancers. Mm, like the, yeah. the standard for that kind yeah, of performance is, is crazily high. Anyway, it was really cool still. It was still a really fun, awesome experience. But it was shocking to me how how much the <laughs> like much older animation just completely blew away the nineties era stuff. It was shocking yeah. to me. Actually. You know what's what was good is the Aladdin Super Nintendo game. That was good. It was fantastic. That was a fun game. I didn't remember like, the... like completely. I think we should just declare that the good Aladdin game and see what hate mail we get in. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> As opposed to what the Genesis. Well, there was the Genesis, Genesis version. Genesis. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I never played the Genesis. Version. That's not, the one where Aladdin's actually... all buff and kills people. Pretty much. Yeah, he has <laughs> a sword. That's right. The difference between yeah. the two of them is that you can. Well, one of them, the he, Super Nintendo one, is more like Proto Prince of Persia, where you swing on swords and do chain combos, and the other one, your primary. It's a shiny game. The animation is beautiful. It's not really Proto Prince of Persia. Yeah, one of them. No. It's, it's it's a like it's an inspired by it's like a sub Prince of Persia is what it is. Right. But the the Genesis one is a shiny game, so it's pretty as hell. Like, it looks uh, great. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. But then. all you do is sword guys in half. Uh, by shiny, you mean shiny entertainment. Shiny entertainment. It's a, they, one yeah, of it's them a, they, Disney animators game. worked on, I think. I, that's the shiny one, and the okay. Super Nintendo one was made by Capcom. And right. I that's right. I, I like it more game. personally, yeah. but oh, okay, but whatever. Yeah, maybe I don't know. They're both great. I remember games. seeing them at yes. Funko Land on the TV screen and really wishing I owned them. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think I ever bought them. So here's an email that ties into an earlier discussion. Alex McLinden writes, Hey Thumbs, recently I've noticed many of the higher budget series seem to be moving from a format that wasn't open world to one that is. For example, Dragon Age, Batman, and now Metal Gear. Why do you think so many games are heading this way? Do you think this is a fad or simply what the creators of these series always would have wanted to make given enough resources? Cheers, Alex and Maryland. I think it's... I don't think it's a fad. I I mean, I guess it's it's a fad, but it feels like it's a cycle to me. Because, like, I remember... In like the GameCube original Xbox PS2 era, a ton of games that started off as arcade games, especially sort of sports and racing style games, oh, when, G- open world, yeah. when GTA mm-hmm. picked up, yep. they all went open world. Like SSX and uh, yeah, like Burnout Paradise started off as just racing. SSX mm-hmm. started off as just um, oh, Tony snowboarding. Hawk did the same thing. Tony Hawk and um, like I was gonna say NBA Street. I don't think it did, but it got like they added all these like social layers. They added persistent things between yeah. games like. Your game having a menu that was just a menu between things was so out of fashion yeah, for like true, yeah. for like four or five years, right? Sort of at the end of GameCube, X, original Xbox, and beginning of yeah. 360. And then I feel like probably because the fidelity levels caught up, and also probably because that stuff actually just doesn't work for every game. A lot of stuff cinched back down to being really streamlined, mm-hmm. and I feel like that might just be like where we are in. Yeah. fidelity evolution where we are and how tired we are of wandering around in an open world that now is three times more beautiful as opposed to just like just fucking let me fight a guy one of the yeah. one of the bummers and this is actually but i might be wrong when you think about it it actually really reminds me what, of what happened to those sports games there you share like the extreme sports games i guess hmm. uh is it kind of makes games more similar to one another yeah you know like once you have to start doing this then they all kind of have a collect a thing and like they all have a sort of the same every game has to have a crafting system. Yeah, like every yeah. game. Burnout, has to have Burnout Paradise yeah. made it out alive, but I feel like Tony Hawk yeah, SSX, was the one good. Yeah, all those other ones, <laughs> yeah. I feel like they just became less. They just became yeah. shittier. Yeah, yeah. they and, became less through more that is more similar. Yep, and mm-hmm. I don't know how that applies as much to the to like. It seems like right now it's all third person roam around games are all about being a big old open world. 
Yeah. But, uh, but so probably if you look well. at the top I mean, I, uh, 10 grossing games of the year, I would imagine most of them are open world at this point, probably, I would guess. Yeah. You're talking about like Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, just go down the list not of like Call GTA, like... Hmm? Not Call of Duty. Yeah. This Call is true. Is yeah. Not. Interesting. And not yeah. Uncharted or Last of Us. Yeah. But there are a lot. There are a lot. Oh, there's, there's a lot. There are a lot more than there used to be, that's for sure. And I, I definitely don't think these are these is what the creators would have done could they have originally. Like, I absolutely don't suspect that is the case at all. It depends. Like, Batman Arkham Asylum could be a contiguous world if they weren't in that version of the Unreal Engine and had to do loads. Like, that game yeah. architecturally is I mean, a that Metroidvania is a, that is also a much structure. more recent... That's a pretty recent series yeah. in general. So that that was born into an era in which there already were. It's still like, like open a whole games. console generation ago. Like that's at least there yeah. were. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. Well, like, what were the games that were listed in the reader uh, mail? Dragon Age and Metal Gear as well. Mm. Okay, I guess Dragon Age was was interesting because Dragon Age the first one had a structure that I really liked, which was that it was a huge world, but it wasn't completely contiguous, and so they could sort of. Really, just you could have wildly very different, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Like, just yeah. jump and then whatever, who yeah. cares? Yeah. yeah, and then Dragon Age 2 was like much less open, actually. It was like much more, oh, yeah, it was more, then, yeah, that was a pretty linear game, and they kind of reused assets a lot and they got digged for, yeah, that. right, rightfully so. Because yeah. it, it, anyway, whatever, I've talked about that in the past, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird everyone. It actually makes me really, I was when you guys were talking about Batman. I play. I actually played a lot of Arkham, the first one, Asylum. Yeah, yeah. And and I I look at Arkham Knight, and I you know I just don't have the sort of fortitude to march into that thing because I just know <laughs> it's going to just feel huge. And there, are, the funny thing is, is it doesn't really. Okay. All to right. Me, well, that's fair. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Like it, it, it's actually like in terms of an open world, they're not really doing the I guess Witcher thing where they're mm. making it feel like a huge, massive expanse, which. Yeah, I mean, for better or worse, like it it doesn't feel unapproachable in that sense. Yeah, um, it really does feel like it's funny. The city actually is broken up into literal thirds. Like there are three specific, like almost Metroid or like Mario yeah. World like chunks of this city, uh, and you can see them from across the way. Like it's not it's not hard to traverse it. It almost is that because it's like islands or how does that... yeah it's it's I don't know it's yeah it's like whatever it's the Batman Sections Manhattan the right thing. where they yeah. just kind of said this is kind of what it looks like um, but whatever um, yeah. I I, I yeah. kind of hope that if everything continues to be fully open and just and like that's just fuck it everything's an open world I hope that designers feel increasingly comfortable with then bringing back the ability to jump time or jump your character yeah. position as just yeah. a stylistic choice. Even yeah. if you like once it's just a given and it's not impressive technologically to have an open world, I hope people then like just become increasingly comfortable with fuck it, two years it's two years in the future. You know, like yeah. or whatever. Like Yeah. I, I, the people who probably already do that sort of thing are Rockstar because their mission structure advances time mm. uh, and they can yeah. they can take jumps and stuff, but like it's it's such a nice actual like if you think of what you lose with a load screen with transitioning especially if you have a game that has a story that has like a, a party of characters or whatever you do totally lose just implied time there's nothing that you miss and that means as a sort of creator there's no way you can sneak stuff in and as a player there's no way you can imagine things because you fucking see every second of it yeah mm-hmm. and like it's cool but I I hope that like the breadth comes back 
yeah. a- a- again. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And I would also say I hope that people who are making open world games play Witcher 3 and actually make all their missions interesting. Because I am still playing that game. <laughs> That's another good I idea. Still, Do it, make it good. Like, every, I have still not come across a mission that was just boring and shitty and stupid. Like Every single mm. thing actually contributes to the lore of this place as a real lived-in place That's and cool. not just... Do X bullshit thing. You know, I, I'm still, like, enamored with that game and how big it is. And it, that's very rare for me because typically I like games that are, you know, two to six hours. And, right. a, you know, a, a, you know, concentrated, intense experience as opposed to, I'm going to be playing this for a month and mm-hmm. still sort of discovering new things. So. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, Lauren Lark writes, Hi, Thumbs. I, like probably 98% of people who are into video games and iPhones, have been playing a lot of Fallout Shelter. First, I want to dispel the myth that there were more women than men by design, because out of my 53 dwellers, I have 15 women, which, as you can imagine, has begun to cause a bit of a problem. Uh, every one of them, yes, has been forced to copulate with three or four men at least. I think, I think the way they have designed the breeding part of this game is perfectly in line with the existing Fallout universe. It is icky, but that's how you feel about it in the console game, too. A couple thoughts on, on this in particular. It's made a little less squiggy by the fact that you can't breed fathers with daughters or mothers with sons. And yes, I'm a little ashamed that I tried. <laughs> However, I, to interject here, I'm, I'm glad that she she corrected me on the um, the sort of gender ratio thing because yeah, I, I realized that I was wrong about that quickly. Um, also, it didn't even that the, the the incest prevention thing didn't even occur to me for a while until I started wondering why some couples would refuse to have so, sex in the room. You know what's funny? Like, I'm so stupid because I've been playing a lot of it since the yeah, podcast. Okay, yeah. And um, there's a, a little um, just like a, a dialogue call out um, on on people that, you know, are family members. When they're in yeah, the right. living yeah, quarters, yeah, 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 they yeah. say, here I am sure just hanging great. out with my family. <laughs> and for a while, I just thought like, oh, that's just what they say. They're just married now. They're or just, yeah. Know, or like, like there's just like a weird, like, or maybe they're just kids somewhere in the in room. And family. I didn't. Right. Yeah, 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 everyone's yeah. just a happy, like, family kind of person. And then I realized, no, no it's oh, mother and sister. Yeah. Probably. I'm the overseer, yeah. like trying to like push these two people together, and, and they're and just like, crazy. no, I'm like, having nope, a, nope. It's family time. Yeah, <laughs> and and, it, and what's interesting is that it seems to track it on a more detailed level than just surname. So yeah. you can't even tell. No, it does. Yeah, just based on the surname, it actually like yeah, yeah, yeah. Per, those That's lines good. persist farther. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm going to keep reading Lauren's email. Email. Sorry for interrupting it uh, with myself. Um, so she says. Uh, this is canceled out by the fact that it absolutely will happen at some point if any other man and woman are in the living quarters together, regardless of charisma scores or clothing. I got a dweller early on from a lunchbox that had special co- scores at least 75% of the way to maxed out and immediately began putting in with every woman I had, which made me realize I was selectively, selectively breeding humans hmm. to max- maximize attributes. <laughs> I didn't even know that was how it worked. I don't. Yeah, I, I didn't know either. Another that great point there. in creepiness. <laughs> Fallout. Yeah. Um, I luckily got a version of the game. Um, where I didn't have to force quit to keep citizens alive when not playing. My boyfriend didn't and abandoned his vault rather angrily after the first day. That aspect of panic at leaving them alone is why I think the game is so successful and also so uncanny value, uncanny valley as you as a player starting to become the overseer. Nico Atsumi comes close. There's one cat that comes to my backyard all the time that I never see when it's there. And my boyfriend remarked, well, maybe he isn't real. To which I forcefully stated, no, they're all real. Before, before realizing uh, maybe I needed to put down the phone for a bit. Um, in conclusion, <laughs> thanks, awesome. thanks for covering mobile games that don't suck. And sorry for the long email about sex and Fallout Shelter. Um, my boyfriend wants me to ask you if you think things you do in Fallout Shelter will influence your vault in Fallout 4. If so, I really hope my star breeder, Pachenko Jenkins, shows up in Fault Pachenko 111. Jenkins. Thanks for reading, Lauren. 
God, it's so funny. Awesome. A lot of the last names are are derived from Bethesda developers, so it's weird to like. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It's weird to see all the people that I know yeah. just like populate my vault and like <laughs> do weird because like I actually did like since the last um, uh, time we talked about that. Like uh, I had the exact like I, I played the game not thinking about our discussion, um, and then I had the exact same reaction, which is that I was like, oh, this yeah, is like yeah. actually effectively weird. <laughs> Um, well, you, you know yeah. what I've, you know what I've, I've actually <laughs> really, um, after my crazy, like, you know, week long breeding frenzy or whatever, I, I, <laughs> that well, like a fun actually, week. so, so first I had that, which is what I talked about, you know, two weeks ago or whenever it was mm-hmm. on the podcast. And then after that, I had another, a period of several days where I basically couldn't get anyone to have sex because yeah. I was really just, it was so much easier to just leave one guy in there and just rotate out the yeah. woman. It was just like functionally easier to do. Oh, and that's what that I was, was like, I started doing oh that my initially. God, yeah. My base is like over, it's like way disproportionately all related to yeah. each other. And so it became really, really, really difficult to find pairs who would actually like conceive. Um, and then I, and then I, I just started getting grossed out by the whole thing. So I, I haven't had a single pregnancy for mm-hmm. like a week and a half. I've just really, really doubled down on the biggest, most upgraded uh, broadcast centers, which is a mechanic right. that allows you to attract people from other vaults by broadcasting attractive radio messages. And the, the trait that influences how <laughs> effective course. those are is charisma. And so I have I have like clubs i have bars where you you can raise people's charisma by them just spending time in the bar is, there any, is anyone right out there Martin? who's not related yes yeah. so is my, there anybody my, so my my base has like, i know this message is appealing <laughs> so my base has like huge bars that are fully upgraded that it just like has people just constantly have alcohol like, upping their yes. charisma skills and then i farm them in god the so then when, when new people show up yeah. Your, your base is yeah. fucking ready. I know, I know. But a charismatic and then, bunch. And because yeah. you also... The but it's also the creepiest fucking yeah. thing to walk and, into. It's also, yeah. Just it, like it seven sisters just hold up a drink like, would you like a drink, 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 drink? <laughs> it's also... It goes beyond that because also the the garment that boosts charisma, or one of the... The garment that boosts charisma most effectively anyway... Is, is it a robe? Night, nightwear. Yeah. And so yeah. I have... You basically graduate from the bar into wearing lingerie and staffing the the uh, broadcast center the radio station so i have just like multiple floors of of uh, of radio station entirely staffed by people in nightwear and lingerie <laughs> oh uh, my god tr- like just beckoning people to come to my vault yeah. so i've replaced my conventionally fucked up thing with just a bizarre dream up world <laughs> fucked up thing <laughs> Um, but I much prefer it. Your vault is sponsored by MeUndies. Like nothing has ever been. <laughs> MeUndies! <laughs> yeah, I, I, it really makes it more pleasant to me, though, to not have, not be operating the humanity farm. Yeah. But that's the next phase. Once your population variety has gone up, you've got all these charismatic underwear-wearing people. <laughs> There's an obvious won't be able to stop them. I'll have nowhere right. else to put them. That's yeah. right. Um, what are you going to do? The, yeah, I, I, it's actually getting to the point where my base is so huge that it is just <clears throat> destroys performance on my phone. I mean, my phone instantly heats to become incredibly <laughs> hot to the touch and just drags. It's crazy. Oh, no. I mean, it's like a 15-story base at this point. Wow. Got to get the new iPhone 6S yeah, or whatever when so. it comes yeah. out. I have an iPhone 5 and it's not keeping up. My Hardly. girlfriend is obsessed with this. She's playing it on our brand new iPad and she just won't oh. stop playing Like, I have never this would touched be better this on game. an iPad, yeah, I, I think. Say, yeah. She's Because dragging it. the little people yeah, around with your finger. She finger. likes having a little yeah. real mm-hmm. estate there. Yeah, yeah. 
I do think I figured out how it works. I mean, I'm probably wrong, but like that, my sense of like how the, um, like when you turn off the game, you know, when you just lock lock your phone, um, I don't think it's actually simulating a large amount of time. No, no, I don't think it is. What it's doing, I think, is that like it simulates up to maybe like five minutes of real time or something. That is what it it stops and then goes, okay, like maybe I'm like caching a few things that will happen once you open the phone, but everything else just kind of stops. The way it works is that. Your rooms themselves don't produce unless you've collected the stuff that is. So basically yeah. what happens is all of your rooms will produce one last time. They get all the to, games. So, yeah. But things that run on a longer term timer, um, like people being out in the wasteland and returning home mm-hmm. or people in yes, exactly. a training yeah, area yeah, yeah. that is like, well, to get, take them eight hours, yep. that clock will continue to basically oh, everything, cool. will just, everything just gets to its yeah. conclusion yes, point everything and then will stops. go to its end point yeah. and then will not keep going. Yep. So you don't end up with just resource drain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's actually really smart when it works properly. No, it, it is. Yeah. Um, so Ron Crawford, right. This is a kind of email we haven't read recently, but it, it was kind of nice. So I figured I'd read it. Ron Crawford writes, Hey thumbs. I love the show. I only recently discovered you guys, but I'm so glad I did. Uh, this, Far Cry 2 is amazing. This, <laughs> <laughs> about six months ago, my girlfriend of seven years left me, and it was a rough time for me. I found your podcast while looking for a new video game podcast to try out, as I was really only familiar with the indoor kids before this. I instantly fell in love with the whole crew, and when I became too impatient to keep waiting week to week for a new show, I decided to go through the back catalog and listen to everything in order. <laughs> I'm glad I did, as it not only gave me a great context for everyone on the show, the laughter and memories listening to some of the older episodes stirred up helped. The old episodes stirred up really helped me through my depression. Your, st- your show started not long after my ex and I began dating, so it was extremely cathartic to hear you guys discuss games I remember she and I playing together, or just events going on around that time. Today I got back to where I started, episode 194, and I'm so glad I found you guys, and to hear all the new episodes I missed while catching up. I hope to hear this on the show, and if not, just know I love what you do. What you do. Keep up with the great work, and so sorry for the lengthy email. But I thought you'd all like to know you had a big impact on my year so far, including motivating me to learn Twine and Unity, as well as start up again and podcast with my own friends. Cheers, Ron. Thank you, Ron. Sorry we were total assholes in the first, like, many episodes of this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, That was really really nice. nice. Come join our vault, Ron. Join our vault. (laughs) (laughs) We're here in MeUndies. We we clearly have an an attractive broadcast for this person. That actually reminds me, speaking of joining our vault, there's a... there's. we, we've mentioned I am the, lonely. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned the idle forums every once in a while, oh. but uh, in particular, the in addition to discussion about video games and our other podcasts, like you know the TV shows we discussed on our other shows that we do, the idle forums also have just a really great off-topic section that include nice threads, including one just about people's lives and just what's been yeah. going on in their lives and when things are tough. Um, a, a lot of our forum members have that thread is just called life. I think. it is just yeah. called life. Yeah, and people just. Um, talk about stuff that's going well or going poorly and like it's a really nice thread that i that um i i keep up with even though i don't post in it super frequently it's just a nice it's a nice part of that community and they're the it's a really really great group of people on those forums my god yeah, yeah it's it's really a nice refuge on the, it on the really internet. is so if you yeah idlethumbs.net you click on the forum links and and it's a good it's a good crew um Anyway, when I'm sad, I literally go <laughs> to those forums and I feel better about life. Like nice. not even just the life thread, which I do check in right. on. But like if I'm if I'm depressed or if I'm having a hard day, I really actually go to the idlethumbs.net forums. I, this sounds like an ad, but I actually do. And it's really it really cheers me up. People are so nice there. So nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess I guess on that, that is our episode. Um, you can you can find our forums and other things <laughs> that we do at idlethumbs.net. If you 
also like the show and if it helped you through a tough time or even if you just like it because it's a goofy thing that you like uh <laughs> review us on itunes consider um rating us and leaving a review that is the main way that people find out about the show is when it pops up on uh on the itunes video game podcast category uh because people have been reviewing it or downloading a lot recently or your podcast reader of choice which probably just pulls from that same database yes exactly mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, that, that is always helpful. You can send us email, uh, at questions at idlethumbs.net. We've been getting a lot of really great email recently, so much so that I don't even know what to do with it all, but I don't want that to dissuade you from writing in more because it is great. I've been trying to actually go through and respond to some of it. I don't have time to read, so maybe you'll be getting an email from me. Um, anyway, idlethumbs.net. You can find all that stuff there. Awesome. Cool. This podcast is also brought to you by Zoom. Uh, an excellent video conferencing and uh, online video chat software. You can get it at zoom.us slash thumbs. Sign up for a free account. Zoom.us. <laughs> but it sounded like you said. Zoom.us. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Try to check the levels, Chris. <laughs> ah! <laughs> One boring, like, fucking sound effects. It's the, it's the Serial Sam. Serial Sam? Serial Sam. Sam! In every Serial Sam, you'll find. You'll find a copy of Serial Sam, because <laughs> that is what it is worth at this point. <laughs> In every bowl of Serial Sam. <laughs> every bowl of Serial Sam. Delicious. <laughs> Marshmallow, ah, guys. A PC gamer demo. Disc. Over three hundred weapons or whatever. Over three hundred frames <laughs> no, 300 a second guys in every bowl. <laughs> three hundred guys 300 on screen. Three hundred guys in your bowl. <laughs> as you as you Just raise the milk, as you raise the spoon to your mouth, all the little guys in the spoon go. <laughs> it creates it's a chorus the, effect. Yeah, yeah. It's the snap, crackle, pop of. The world's first Doppler cereal. Yes. <laughs> gross. <laughs> Sounds gross. Delicious. Beautiful. Um, I actually do anything. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, I'm writing my list. Even more. God, what is that? That's, even that, more. That's, that's, the, that's the tie-in with yellows. <laughs> God. Cereal Wasn't Sam's. Wasn't that band called Yellow? Yes, it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I imagine yellows. I guess they have to be O-shaped because I was imagining kicks, but I guess they're not. I guess they have to be O's. Yeah. yeah. But yell. <laughs> they make the sound. <laughs> Cereal Sam yellows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mow, mow. It's the oops, Strangest all berries. three-way marketing tie-in. <laughs> 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 <laughs>